Hey everyone, this is Ryan from Athix Fitness, and you're listening to the Athix Approach Podcast, where we cover all things vegan, fitness, and nutrition related, and chat with inspiring and influential vegans who are out there leading by example. If you haven't already, it would really help if you subscribed to, liked, commented, and or shared any of the content I'm producing, including this podcast, free articles and training programs on athixfitness.com, videos on YouTube, and more. I truly appreciate all you guys for the love and support. In today's episode, I speak with Dylan Faldudo, a competitive MMA fighter, grappler, and fitness enthusiast who's been vegan for over 10 years now. Dylan is also a high school teacher, an entrepreneur, a lifelong musician, an activist, and an advocate for mental health. Dylan and I speak about his experience training and fighting competitively through his MMA career, his new shift in mindset towards the future, being vegan for 10 plus years, working as a high school teacher, his experience with animal rights activism, and so much more. Dylan is a unique blend with being an extremely compassionate, caring individual and an all-around absolute badass, and it shows in our conversation. I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed chatting with him. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ryan with Athix Fitness, and this is the Athix Approach Podcast. Today, I'm here with Dylan Faldudo. Uh, he's an MMA boxer, or MMA fighter, rather. Uh, he's vegan. Um, he's been vegan for a while now. And um, I'll let him do a quick little introduction for himself. But um, yeah, Dylan, thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Ryan. I'm uh, really uh, happy to be here and thankful that you invited me on your podcast. So um, yeah, as Ryan mentioned, you know, I uh, am, an, am an MMA fighter. Um, what I do now is I'm a full-time uh, high school teacher here in Chicago. Um, so I have my master's degree in special education my bachelor in English. And so I, um, I'm an English teacher and a social studies teacher, but I also provide services for uh, students with special needs. Um, additionally, I own a business called Hello Flashy. And so we provide photo booth services for corporate clients, weddings, basically anybody that wants to have a really good time. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, as we said, I have a background in fighting and I was also a rock and roll kid growing up. So played in bands and uh, now I'm just trying to kind of put it all together and uh, live a good life. And uh, I've also been vegan for almost 10 years now. So that's, uh, that's me. And thanks for having me. Yeah. 10 years, you said? Yeah, going on 10 years. So at the start of this coming year, 20, so I went vegan in 2011. So okay. we're coming up on 10 years here and it's going great. And uh, I love it. So. Oh, wow. You've been vegan for a while then. Before yeah. it was cool. <laughs> yeah, before it was cool. And before, uh, I mean... It's, I've just seen it blow up in the last couple of years, especially. And uh, even Chicago, when I went vegan, was like we had some stuff, but now it's on a whole new level. And of course, I travel a lot now. And you know, Los Angeles is a great place for veganism. Phoenix, is, I go to a lot. New York, Miami, I mean, anywhere out of, overseas, too. It's just amazing uh, how much readily available vegan food is. I love that the vegan junk food is taking off. And, uh, you know, even the fact that you can go to go get an impossible Whopper. I mean, that's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. So, yeah. So you're living in Chicago right now, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just bought a house here recently. Um, yeah. I, uh, I've been here most of my life. So my dad moved here when I was 14 and I was super psyched because I was playing in bands at the time and I was good friends with this punk band called the street brats. And so they were the cool guys down here in Chicago. So I was happy <laughs> to, uh, be a little hoodlum in the city and uh you know have some fun and to be honest with you those are still things i really enjoy but you know i've grown up a little bit and uh yeah so i've been here for, for some time and mm -hmm. 
it's a great city. I love Chicago. I'm really proud to be here. I'm proud of my community and my students. And uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Great. How's the vegan food in Chicago, man? Oh, it's killer. There's a few restaurants I really enjoy. So Chicago Diner is probably our most famous one. Um, mm -hmm. with two locations, really good vegan uh, diner food. I love this spot called Quesadilla. Phenomenal vegan Mexican food. It's oh, so good. Yeah, definitely my favorite. Yeah. A vegan plate. That's awesome. Great vegan Thai. Um, there's uh we got a bunch of stuff there's a lot of places that have have uh, options too and i i definitely will forget some but there's there's uh there's a lot of really cool vegan food now and um you know at least anywhere you go there's at least something on the menu that you can grab so it's nice right yeah what originally got you into veganism 10 years ago yeah so it's it's funny like one of my good buddies trevor was uh vegetarian you know we were living together around that time we grew up together playing in bands and stuff and uh mm -hmm. i always had an open mind to it and my parents kind of dabbled with vegetarianism when they were younger and stuff like that um but you know like a lot of people i did eat a lot of meat so i was like i, I lifted weights as a kid and was you know i was kind of like a rough kid getting in trouble and stuff and then i started fighting and uh this was kind of doing you know chicken breast and that kind of a thing right. but I started uh, seeing some athletes who deviated from that so there's a MMA fighter who won the ultimate fighter called Mac Danzig and he was he's been vegan for like a really long time so he was kind of an inspiration and then uh, uh, Jake Shields who I've actually had the pleasure of training with in New York City at uh, Donahers in Manhattan he's guys an animal he's uh, been vegetarian his whole life and he really inspired me with that so I kind of was just curious you know and I was like I wonder how this would go so I went vegetarian before my last pro MMA fight in 2011 and uh, smashed the guy in like two minutes, choked him out. It was a great, you know, great performance. And my weight cut went like really easy because uh, I was always like pretty cut up kid. Like I ate kind of crap, but like I was really fit, but I kind of get like a little chunky sometimes between fights. And I noticed when I went vegetarian, it was just like way easier to cut the weight down. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, shortly thereafter, I just became much more aware of a lot of like the uh, environmental and uh, animal implications and animal rights. And that's what really made me go fully vegan. Um, also, I realized like the only thing I wasn't eating vegan was like cheese, which is kind of just crap anyways. And mm -hmm. uh, it just, you know, as the years have gone on, that uh, activism side has definitely sparked up more. And I actually just attended my first uh, pig vigil a couple nights ago. And it, yeah. was, uh, it was intense, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Um, I've been vegan almost 10 years the first time I did something like that and mm -hmm. it was uh, it was heavy but um yeah it's definitely something that I'm very passionate about and I I love to kind of be an ambassador I guess to the fitness world and to show people that you know you do not need uh to contribute to suffering in order to to be muscular and mm -hmm. a successful in combat sports so yeah yeah we're kind of doing the same thing there where we're trying to lead by example in a way right yeah I think it's I think it's really cool that um you know, you, you just went to this pig save. I think I saw you posting some some photos or videos or something on Instagram. I wanted to ask you about that. How did you, what what decided, what made you decide to do it finally? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, um, I've had this inspiration for a while and uh, some people in my life kind of inspired me to go a little further with it. And so I, I did get in touch with some local activists and uh, I met this cool guy here named Tom, who's also another vegan bodybuilder and uh, nice guy and so he kind of gave me the info and I just I popped over there and um it just sort of you know I think it's something that's been in the back of my mind for a while but just seeing some people put in the effort that they did made me think like you know 
I do have this platform. Um, I am able to reach people and just being vegan as an MMA fighter, other fighters I know have gone vegan because of me. And I started to think, well, like, that's cool for fitness and stuff, but it, something about just seeing that stuff in person, it, it does like just hit you on a more visceral level where you, you, you know, I was seeing, it's really like brutal, but like these pigs, some of them like had like blood on them and um, feces and things like that. And, and they're, they're so cute. I mean, we were sitting there giving them water and it's like, it sucks. Cause it's like, you're connecting with these animals, almost like, you know, my cat is running around here somewhere right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the thought of I'm petting my cat now and then someone's going to go snap his neck and, you know, it's just how senseless, you know, and not to mention, you know, this whole bit about humane treatment is total bullshit because this was yeah. three in the morning. We are out there. It's freezing cold. They're dying of thirst. You can see that in the videos. They were just swarming mm-hmm. water we were giving them. Um, and it just it just shouldn't have to be this way. You know, I think that people need to realize that uh, you are not manly for going to Walmart and buying ground beef and you are not oh, yeah. manly. You're not hunting your own food. Um, mm. I do know some people that live off the land in the middle of nowhere and they, you know, use some animal products and I can at least respect that a lot more, but like, let's be mm. real. You know, most of us living in big cities like Chicago or New York or LA, like none of us are dealing with this stuff. And I yeah. think choice is obvious when like you can be jacked, you can be fit, you can uh, be really healthy and vibrant and you don't, you don't need to like contribute to what I saw, you know, the other morning. So yeah, man. Yeah, it's just it, like you said, it's a really good point. So many people will just go to a grocery store and pick up a perfectly neatly packaged, um, you know, pork tenderloin or uh, hamburgers or something. And they don't give a shit where it came from. You know, they don't think about that for a second. They just they're, they grow up eating like like how we grew up. You know, we we ate that way, too. We never thought twice about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, we kind of decided, like, you know, where is our food actually coming from? We started thinking about it. And uh the thing that's different about us is that we actually decided to make the change and be like, okay, this is, this is a fucked up industry. We don't want to support that. And, uh, you know, most people just kind of want to just keep doing what they're doing. So they never want to make that change, you know? Yeah, for sure. Ryan. And I think, um, and you know, as much as, like I said, it's, it's really tough to see that stuff and not mm-hmm. kind of feel a call to action, but I also do empathize with people that uh, have misconceptions and that's mm-hmm. why I'm, I'm very patient. Like, um, it's honestly why in the past I wasn't like the quote unquote preachy vegan because I, d- I didn't want to alienate people. But what I've realized is that, you know, you know, when I posted the video, like I said, it's like, I know you're compassionate people. You know, I'm not posting this stuff to be in your face and insult you. It's actually the opposite. It's that I want you to see that, like, look, I know in your mind, you're a good person. You care about your kids. You're working hard to pay the bills. You're, you're taking care of yourself the best you can. You're fit, but you don't see the reality of this industry because you're just, you probably haven't exposed yourself to it and you haven't, you know, exactly. things at 3 a.m. Like so many of these awesome activists do all the time. I mean, I just did this first one, but these people do this all the time. And yeah. it's, uh, it's inspiring to me, you know, because I think another thing is that we can get so caught up in our own bullshit. And I mean, sometimes it's hard, like, you know, this year has been an amazing year for me, but I've had my highs and lows and, uh, you know, whatever might be going on with you, it's like if you if you do shit that's more important than you, it puts a lot in perspective. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you know, maybe something didn't go your way, but you got animals out here being slaughtered in this this way. Um, there's a lot of kids here in Chicago that don't have resources and things they need, as mm-hmm. well as kids all over the world. And so it's definitely things that, that I think about at this age, especially if I ever find myself being a little selfish. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Dominic Cruz, who's a great MMA fighter, 
he had a quote, and I'm paraphrasing a little, but I believe he said that he said, so he said, uh, depression is a selfish, uh, emotion. And I think what he means by that is that like, if you have time to sit there and feel bad for yourself, because this is a guy who was overcome like a shitload of injuries and setbacks. And he was saying, look, like it's selfish to sit there and just like be within yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that we all have those feelings and like, it's valid. I think that, you know, taking stock of mental health is super important, but it's also important to like, give back to people around you and do things that aren't just about you. And I think as athletes, especially like we can be kind of selfish, you know, and sometimes you need to be like, you, you got to get jacked. You got to, uh, especially if you're going to go fight someone, like you got to kind of, kind of got to be crazy to go do that. But I think as I get older, it's like, I see the stock a lot more on the little things in life. And for me, um, it's really, really important to, to give back to other people as well. You know, yeah. that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, with so many people, thinking about themselves first and foremost, it really does help when people can lead by example and, you know, try to do the best they can at least, try to be unselfish. I, I, I definitely think it really helps to try to get out there and, and do your part to make the world a better place, you know? So I think that's, that's really awesome that you're doing that. And I also really appreciate the way that you personally go about, um, like your form of activism, just kind of being like understanding where people are coming from and uh, kind of realizing that they're not probably bad people. They just, you know, they've done this their whole lives and they don't really think about it. So um, yeah, I think that's really cool because for me personally, I don't, I don't know about you, but before I went vegan, um, I definitely did not like being told I was doing something bad and being a bad person because no one thinks of themselves as being a bad person, you know? So I always had a good, I always had felt good with people being like, like leading by example, like I saw, um, I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of YouTubers or anything, but like, I think during the time when I went vegan, which was almost five years ago now, um, this guy, Brian Turner on YouTube, um, he's like a pretty jacked vegan bodybuilder dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know him. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. he was, he went vegan and I was like, damn, okay. This guy is, um, he's a really nice guy. He comes off as really nice. He's knowledgeable. He's jacked and he's giving it a shot to go vegan. Like, why shouldn't I do that? And I just thought it was really cool. You know? Um, not necessarily being told that I'm being a bad person. Um, I guess that works for some people to some extent, but um, for me personally, you know, it, it helps a lot more it is to follow somebody else's footsteps who I respect, you know? Yeah, yeah, without question. I know I appreciate that, Ryan, and I'm always inspired by the content you put out as well um, and a lot of great people that are now uh, taking this stance. And I think that, you know, to your point, you, you have to be empathetic because, yeah, like I grew up in the Midwest and, you know, people, you know, all kinds of crazy shit here. But, it, but even if I didn't, I don't think it's all that different. You know, I know I've been in New York a bunch where, where you are and it's uh, a lot of the same culture there. And um, you got to understand that I, I do believe that everybody out there is, is really trying to do their best. And I think that, um, you know, and even I've had some hard things in my life personally, but there's people that I've met who've had really, really hard lives. And you got to think. For some people, I mean, that are just literally fighting for survival, they probably don't really have the mental capacity to <clears throat> really think that much about their diet. And I do understand mm -hmm. that. So I do have a lot of compassion, you know, for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what, um, so what other, I know you wanted to talk about, um, you know, activism and such, and I, it feels like it goes beyond just uh, veganism for you, right? Like you're interested very much like mental health and everything. Um, in general, do you do anything for that also? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, as far as my, my job goes, when it comes yeah. to the students I work with, um, I'm definitely a big advocate for them because a lot of these kids are, 
dealing with situations and, you know, they're, they're in broken homes and uh, I can relate to that myself because my parents divorced at a very young age uh, and, you know, both my parents uh, have had their own struggles with addiction and they're both phenomenal people and we have a great relationship, but they're, they're both very open about mm-hmm. uh, their, their mutual drug or alcohol addictions. And so um, I see a lot of my kids dealing with the same stuff and I know that that can, it can screw things up for you because it makes life kind of complicated. Um, and so, yeah, I really empathize for my students in that sense. And I try to, you know, be a mentor for them as well. And uh, I've been just maybe so proud that, uh, you know, some of my seniors this year are getting admitted into college. We've been sitting there working really hard on some of these uh, personal statements that are kind of getting them through the door now. And uh, even aside from that, just all the little accomplishments, of my students. And so, um, one really cool thing is there's been this uh, organization called uh, the Greater Chicago Food Depository. So if anybody listening to this uh, is interested, it's uh, Chicago's with an S, foodbank.org. And what they're doing is they're providing um, a bunch of grab-and-go meals for kids uh, in the city to um, uh, basically you can go and get a bunch of meals for a few days and take them home. And because of COVID-19, this is like super important right now because kids are kind of cooped up. And I know personally, like, you know, some of my students have really good parents. Some of them don't, you know, some of their parents are like not parents at all. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they can go and get these meals is really, really crucial. Um, but yeah, in terms of mental health, I mean, it's also something that I do, you know, spin the mirror on myself with because, um, you know, I've been a fighter my whole life. Like I started competing in MMA uh, really right before my 18th birthday. I started training hard and I took my first fight shortly after and uh before that, I was playing in bands and being kind of wild and getting in scraps in the street. That's how it all started. But uh, right. it's all good and well, and there's a lot of fun in that. But also, like, you know, I think a lot of athletes listening can probably relate. There's a lot of intensity in that, right? And so sometimes, like, it can kind of – you kind of miss out on the little things in life because you're, you're going, going, going. And, you know, I'm also – have my business and my career and all these other things. And so, yeah, at 30 years old, I'm definitely taking stock of a lot of ways to kind of slow things down. And uh, I've really become a fan of, you know, meditation recently mm-hmm. and I, and I advocate, you know, that might work for people or maybe therapy works for people, but all these things are really, really, I think, essential in life because it, it is the little things that matter. You know, it's the people around you you spend time with and that you want to share love with. And um, I think that uh, to really tap into the full potential of that, you have to take stock of balancing your life, you know, and it's great to make money. It's great to, you know, win shit and, you know, win fights or get jacked or whatever. And those things are great. There's nothing wrong with having an ego. Like, I'm always going to have a big ego in life. There's no question. Uh, Confidence is key to to do a lot of things. But you got to really take stock of the other side of things. And you got to, like, temper that with, uh, you know, I think the ability to, to be more empathetic, be more patient with people. And, uh, you know, no one is just going to teach you that, you know. So it's not like, you know, we go to school and we learn how to, like, run a business, we learn how to, uh, you know, teach other people or whatever it is, or be a lawyer, but no one's going to teach you like how to be empathetic. No one's going to teach you how to apologize or, you know, fix things or whatever, whatever it is you need to do in your life or, you know, be there for your family or whatever, relate to your students. So for me, yeah, I definitely think utilizing mental health resources is uh, really, really wonderful. And I, you know, I advocate for that for anybody uh, that need it, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I tried, I tried getting into meditation for a while and, um, I did it for like, I don't know, probably three months. And then I totally fell off, man. I got to get back on that again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it, for me, it's, uh, it's been a slow process cause I have a very active mind. Like I'm always thinking yeah. about, 
all the time. Um, but for me, yeah, it's, um, there's, there's different forms of it. I think that sometimes to just simply try to turn your mind off. So I like to walk a lot and Chicago is such a beautiful city. So just walking around and trying my best to just think of nothing mm -hmm. except what I'm literally seeing is one way to meditate. You can mm -hmm. sit there and close your eyes and meditate. And then there's also like guided meditations where you can actually have intention. So you can think like, there's one cool one I just saw. It's like, you think about like, you could think about like your pet or you could, that's an example they gave or a family member or a significant other, wh whatever you want to think about. But you think yeah. about granting peace to that person and then you breathe for 30 seconds. Then you think about, you know, seeing that person or that thing enjoy. Uh, and it's kind of cool because it's kind of a good way to like manifest again, empathy and care for, you know, whether it's a pet or a person or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah that's one you can maybe try out if you're uh, you know, looking for something that's pretty neat. When did you uh, start getting into meditation and stuff out of curiosity? Uh, so to be honest, like pretty recently, like I, uh, I've tried to dabble with it, but honestly, like in like the last month, this is something yeah. I've really just started doing. And uh, I definitely feel like it's, uh, you know, helping me with my stress levels and things like that. And it's mm -hmm. cool. So. How often do you do it? I do it every day. So this day. is, uh, this is work I'm uh, really big on. So I meditate, I journal, um, you know, I, I try to be a very introspective person because, you know, like I said, I do a lot of stuff and, um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, I'm really, really happy with pretty much everything in my life, but I do definitely have stress and I definitely have, um, you know, anxiety and things like that. And I think it's, uh, kind of a given when you do that much shit, but it yeah. is possible, I think, to temper it and, you know, still enjoy all these things, but learn how to pick your spots more. And so that's something that I'm, you know, really working very hard on right now. And, uh, you know, kind of in a sense, trying to work less that, but just let, you know, kind of balance itself out. So, yeah. yeah. How do you, uh, do you think that fitness or um, even fighting or anything had any effect on um, either beneficial or, or negative um, towards anxiety or stress or anything for you? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really cool question the way you phrased it too, Ryan. I think that it did both. So I think really? that like, I mean, the rush of like fighting in front of a, you know, huge crowd of people and all the lights on you in that cage. Yeah. Um, it does make a lot of other things in life seem less significant and um, it can really cause you to like dig deep. Cause you know, I remember one fight in particular when I was like 18 or 19 and I was like the 18th fight on like a 23 fight card. And so the nerves are there. Cause I don't know if you've ever gotten like into a scrap or anything when you're younger or any kind of altercation, but it's so like reactive, right? Like you're just like this person did this and, or someone maybe mugged. I mean, I've been jumped numerous times. So you have to fight. Right. Cause yeah. I used to, I went to school in some rough neighborhoods and I used to get jumped. So you're just reactive, like get away from me, whatever. But in an MMA fight, it's different because there's, there's no emotional investment. There's no anger. You're just like, all right, fuck, I got to fight. And you'll go through this whole thing. Like, how the fuck am I here? And so every MMA fighter I've talked to has the same thoughts. Like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like I really? could be like, you second guess yourself. Oh fuck. Yeah. Like you could be like, man, I could be hanging out with some girl. I could be eating a sandwich. I could be fucking, you know, whatever, going for a walk. Like, oh, why the fuck would I choose to be fighting right now? You know? And, uh, even, even like I performed a lot as a musician, but the stress is nowhere near that. Cause that's like, really? especially rock and roll music, no one cares, but in a fight, man, you fuck up slides out, you know? So, um, I think doing that, you know, gave me a lot of bravery and, allowed me to overcome a lot of anxiety, mm -hmm. but I like how you phrased the question because you said it was their detriments. And yeah, I think there was, because I think that just years of like living such a, you know, a high ramp lifestyle and going for it, it, it kind of like, 
again, I think a lot of athletes relate to this. Like mm-hmm. some people in your life might not be at that pace and sometimes it can make it difficult for them, you know, not to mention you're going to miss birthdays. You're not going to be able to like eat on holidays cause you're cutting weight. You're going to not be able to go on as many dates and things like that. And so it is, it is a big sacrifice when you want to be a professional fighter. Um, but for me, you know, the last few years I've kind of, you know, shifted gears to where I do compete and grappling professionally still and, Maybe we'll get into that in a bit, but um, yeah. I do. I, I still, I still compete and I still help guys, but I am again seeking a little bit more of a balance because, at least for me personally, like it's kind of hard, like to get ready for something so insane like that, and then also like you know just go through normal daily life stuff, fully chill. And I'm sure some guys do it, but uh, for me, yeah, that's definitely something I'm I'm working on, and uh, and I'm feeling good about. It. I think that I'm making a lot of progress, but yeah, it's interesting, right? And that's why I think. You know, I'm lucky, like the, the way that I fought, I never really took a lot of damage. Uh, so I had numerous fights. I get to take down early, whoop the guy's ass and get out of there. And because uh, I never wanted to get CTE, that's no joke. And I'm really, really thankful to be firing on all cylinders and be teaching yeah. using my head because, man, like I know people with brain damage and it's, it's like no fucking joke. So, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I actually, um, so I, I'm really interested in like taking a step back and hearing about what really got you into MMA fighting to begin with? I know you kind of said you grew up in like a rougher neighborhood and got a lot of scraps and stuff. Is that what you feel like kind of led you into that route? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up like my, my family house was decent. Like it was, it's a nice house, but uh, my parents divorced when I was really little. And then um, the schools I went to were in rough neighborhoods. So like, I want to, I'm definitely not trying to pretend like I was a poor kid. I was middle-class, but I went to school in the ghetto for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I would get jumped and fucked with for being a rock, uh, rocker and you know, punk rock kid. <laughs> and uh, that definitely got me a little fired up, but I also did Taekwondo when I was like nine years old. Mm-hmm. And then when I was a teen, I got really into like lifting weights and I got, uh, so I was a fat kid growing up, by the way, so I was like real chunky, but then I hit a growth spurt. guess that. What's that? You would never guess that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so I, I was real chunky though. I weighed more, well, maybe the same in like fifth grade as I do now, but I was short. So, I was, oh, wow. but yeah, I got fucked with for that too. And then, uh, I, uh, got real into working out then. So then I got really jacked like as a teen and, you know, was into weightlifting and, I like did rugby for like a couple of months, but it really like wasn't my thing. But I, I really always loved MMA. So back when I did Taekwondo, I would like rent uh, little VHS tapes, like the early UFCs and stuff. So it was always kind of, I think, floating around in there. And then um, I just decided when I was 17, I was like, I really want to do this shit. So I found a local gym and I always describe it to people. It was kind of like, you know, you ever watch one of them 80s movies and it's like the bad guy gym where like, you know, like Cobra Kai, like where if you go there, they're going to be super mean to you. Well, that was that shit. I mean, I'll be straight up with you because I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I would cry after practice, like get my ass beat by like 30 year old dudes. I was like a little, you know, I thought I was tough because I was getting in street fights. And so I would go home and cry and stuff. And, uh, you know, it made me man up and tough up a lot for sure. And um, then uh uh, I lost my first fight because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And the coach at the time was kind of a scumbag. So he just like threw me to the wolves with some kid who was like really good. So I got guillotined in like 10 seconds. Guy dropped me and my neck fell on the fucking rope in the, in the boxing ring I was fighting in. And uh, it's like ironic because now the guillotine is like my move. Like I'm, I'm fucking famous for that shit. So I have like a whole guillotine highlight reel on my Instagram. Um, but uh, I kind of had to take stock at that young age. I was 18 and I was like, fuck, like, I don't want to be a loser. I don't, I don't, I want to be good at this shit. So I left that gym and around that time, uh, Nick Aguilar, who's an awesome dude, a UFC veteran, he left that gym too and started his own gym called ACS. 
Mm-hmm. And so I ended up moving in with uh, this guy, Gerald Mearshard, who's in the UFC now. He's uh, my old roommate, Gerald, my old coach. And I got surrounded by some really, really awesome people. And so they taught me how to fight really well. I started going to like wrestling practices, even though I hadn't wrestled. And uh, that's why my ears are all uh, pretty. And yeah. uh, that's pretty much yeah. unavoidable, right? Yeah, I mean, so you know, it's genetics. I have kind of big floppy ears, and so they get banged a lot. So right. Some people have nice, pretty ears, and they I know some beast wrestlers who don't have cauliflower. It really just depends. Okay. Um, but yeah, so from there, I just really learned uh, how to fight properly. Uh, got to mix it up with a lot of UFC vets and in the training room, meet some famous people, and uh, put together a pretty decent record. I ended up going seven and three. And, um, you know, I was impressed because I didn't, like I said, I sucked when I started and I was like super nervous, didn't know what I was doing. And I ended up being pretty legit. And then, uh, you know, the last few years, it's kind of shifted more into the grappling realm just because it's safer, to be honest. I mean, a lot of guys like talk like they're really hard, but like, look, I've been in there with some tough motherfuckers. And like I said, at 30 years old, like I want to have my brain cells for my job and I'd, I'd like to get married eventually, maybe have a kid. I don't know. But like, I don't want to be all fucked up. So right. grappling's cool because you get a similar rush and now they're paying guys. Like I've done these, some of these tournaments where they, they have like big cash and uh, you don't got to worry about all that uh, mm-hmm. rattling of the brain. So, yeah. <laughs> you feel like um, MMA has a good transfer over to grappling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I've, I've done real good because I never trained really in like the, the gear or whatever in jiu-jitsu. Right. Now I about that but yeah dude i uh started started whooping on some guys pretty fast because i had a real good foundation and with a lot of jujitsu guys some of them are absolute savages but some of them kind of they're not used to like that more physical pace like an mma like you know like someone's trying to they're trying to fucking take it from you and, and if right. you let them not only are you gonna lose but you're about to get your ass whooped so i kind of bring a little bit of that heat into grappling and it definitely benefits me also like just positional awareness so i know how to like really control guys i'm i'm strong as shit and i know one thing you want to ask me about was like how do people view your veganism but i was shocked because yeah. i'm like freakishly strong like i'm not i'm only like 175 right now or something but like i'll tie up with guys who are way bigger than me and they're like what the fuck you know yeah. so i just i don't know i got that man strength for sure <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that definitely helps with grappling. And so um, it's been a cool sport. You know, like uh, last time I competed, I was out your way in New York. And I, um, my buddy actually just texted me about this right before the interview. So it's funny. The guy I faced is ranked number eight in the world right now. He's a Nogi Black Belt World Champion. And uh, we had a really good match, man. It was tied like halfway through. I ended up losing a decision, but I was like super competitive. And it, it gave me a lot of confidence because wow. this is a guy who's, this is what he does for a living. He, he right. uh he has like DVDs out and shit. And, you know, I'm a tough teacher that flew out there on the weekend to, to scrap it out and party a yeah. little and run, and run home. And uh, I gave him hell. And so that was pretty cool. You know, it was a big confidence yeah. booster. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to keep it going. I uh, haven't competed since because of COVID, but I uh, just found out I'm going to be competing in Arizona next month and okay. um, getting in great shape for that right now. I'm excited. So, yeah. Dude, that's that's actually so cool to hear. I didn't know you competed at at that level, really. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I'm uh, I'm proud of what I've been able to do. You know, I've like I've trained with a lot of guys that are in the UFC or at that level, and um, yeah. you know, but yeah, to get to get on the mat with a guy like that who's that good, and you know, again, I came up short, but it was like little things. Like I didn't get submitted. He didn't mm-hmm. whip my ass. We were going, you know, tooth and nail until the end and a lot of people shouted me out for that they're like dude like that guy's fucking good awesome. you know and 
his corner that night was uh, the Miao brothers who are like, they're like really famous uh, jujitsu nerds, basically. And they're like really fucking good. And I didn't even realize they were there. It's probably better that I didn't. Cause I just kind of like, you know, it's just, it's just an opponent, right? Like I don't give right. a shit about what you've done. And um, I respect everybody, but yeah, once you're in there, you got to let it fly. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine that uh, just, I mean, going toe to toe with somebody and basically fighting them just in like an organized way. That's probably one of the most anxiety inducing situations that I can imagine. So I feel like if you get so used to that and like you grew up since you were 18, you said doing that and probably before just like in street scraps and stuff. So I imagine that, you know, go, with going through all that, like kind of how you touched on for a second, like there's so many nerves in those moments that you almost become like that has to be good for overall stress and anxiety in, in from, from like day to day situations even. Right. Yeah, I think so. And I think that um, it's just a matter of what you do with it, right? So I've seen some fighters that really kind of go the other way and like they're, oh, really? they're kind of nuts and like they, they don't keep their shit together. They have big egos. But for me, I think, yeah, it's tempered me a lot, especially like I said, the last little bit here, I think turn, turning 30 was kind of a big deal to me. Um, cause in many ways with some of the shit I dealt with, it's like, you know, I don't want to be like overly dramatic, like what I make it here, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been in some pretty gnarly, dangerous situations uh, when I was younger yeah. and oh yeah, absolutely. I, um, I do think about that a lot. I think a lot about just, you know, how wild it was to compete, especially in MMA mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the crazier situations I got into when I was younger. And now, like I said, I'm just really, really interested in, you know, being happy and it's yeah. like, I, a lot more into nature and i love to hike i love to like just honestly do chill shit i feel like i'm kind of turning into like a bit of a hippie as i get older but it's like uh it's kind of a beautiful thing to to experience because i really do value you know the smaller things in life and i think yeah. that in order to really get the most out of those you kind of owe it to yourself to kind of dial it back a bit you know and um just kind of become a complete person you know yeah yeah, that's that's really cool to hear, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, let's. I want to tie it back to to veganism, I guess. So, um, you said that you know people would find out about how you're vegan, and it'd be like, I mean, I guess they'd be kind of shocked, right? Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about that. I'm interested to hear about what that was like. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, initially. <clears throat> people would be pretty surprised because like I said, I'm definitely one of the stronger guys in the room and always one of the best guys in the room. Yeah. Um, but over the years I've seen a shift where it's like, first of all, a lot of people just know that about me already. And I've had like a ton of fighters. Well, I don't know about a ton, but at least, at least five that have like been, Hey man, I ended up going vegan. I love it. And you know, you're an inspiration to me and it's kind of cool because like I said, I never like really went in there like go vegan, do this. Um, now I'm starting to get a little preacher with my, my activism and stuff. But uh, uh, to this point, I never really was that way. And uh, to, to just kind of know that it inspired people was pretty rad. Yeah. So yeah. how would uh, anybody find out just from like your personal life, like your social media? Yeah. And I guess, and then, you know, maybe they'd be like, Hey, you want to grab a bite or whatever, you know, after yeah. practice, yeah, it's going on social media. Oh, I didn't realize you're vegan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it would just kind of come up naturally and then they would always be kind of surprised. Yeah. Yeah, right. What about so looking forward, you're kind of saying that you're kind of more interested in in uh I guess going towards grappling, right? Instead of yeah. MMA necessarily. 
Yeah, and I've I've thought about maybe doing a last fight. It's something that pops in my head because I'll I'll help some somebody get ready for a fight or I'll spar with some guy in the UFC and I'm like, fuck, I feel good. But I uh, if I did, <clears throat> I'd be very realistic about that and kind of set up a certain time frame. Um, but the thing that I love about grappling is like, I've even done it with girls. I've done it with like older people. It's like, it's really for everyone. And I know like I'm only 30, which is young, but I want to set myself up, like I said, for long-term success and love and happiness. And I think to do that, you have to be realistic about like, you know, where you allocate your time. And the cool thing about grappling is like, I'm very good at it and it's pretty low stakes. So, you know, in that situation I described, I went and competed with a top 10 guy did very well, came up a little short, but like, you know, I was back in Chicago the next day and went back to work the following day. And I mean, nothing changes, right? I'm a teacher, I'm happy, yeah. my wits are about me. So that, that to me is why grappling is so amazing because you get so many of the same, you know, rush and the benefits, mm -hmm. the, the health, um, kind of some of the craziness because you're still competing in front of people and it's still, you're still dealing with a lot when someone's trying to like submit you or whatever, but it's much more like of a mental exercise than like a physical detriment, you know, whereas when you're getting knee or elbowed in the face or, you know, bombed out with big punches, that's uh, that is a pretty traumatic experience. And, and especially as someone that like values my, you know, my mental health so much, I uh, would have to say that long-term, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be doing MMA when I'm like 50 years old or something. That's just not a good idea. So yeah. Does anyone do that? Yeah. And I mean, even Mike Tyson and, uh, Oh yeah. I did hear about that. They're about to do an exhibition and, yeah. uh, tons of guys do it. And I mean, some guys, uh, it's like, it'll be inspiring overall. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't care for it because I just think like, it's sad. I mean, you'll see guys who, who, I mean, Anderson Silva, in my opinion, is still the greatest to ever do it, but he's lost like his like last 10 fights now. And it's kind of like, buddy, like, you don't you don't owe anybody anything. You're, you're amazing, but you got to yeah. You know, and for me personally, it's like it's kind of a weird one because I'm I'm very humble and um, vulnerable and honest, and so yeah, I'll be that you'll know, be that way on this podcast and just say like, look, there's a lot of guys that I can go beat up, right? And even guys that you might see on TV, there's a lot of guys out there who can fuck me up too. And it's kind of a weird thing as a fighter to like want to almost like pick your fights. So for me, if I did do a last one, it would kind of be like just for like the mental like uh, fortitude, and I'm doing this, and maybe I donate my purse to a charity I like or something, right. but. Truthfully, though, man, it's like I, I, I want to avoid making choices based on ego at this age because uh -huh. I just, you know, like I said, I want to be happy and I know that that stuff doesn't last forever. And there's also something to be said that I had 10 fights. I'm not like all scarred up and disgusting. I uh, have my brain. I, there's fights I didn't even get hit. It's like that's pretty fucking cool. You know, it's yeah. cool that I was able to do that and not, you know, become a mess because for some people, like I said, I have some good friends who have serious problems from right. from combat sports experiences and that's uh something i don't ever want for myself or my family you know yeah yeah i imagine a lot of those uh hits to the head i mean like you said like the cte and stuff that's that's a serious concern there yeah absolutely and even if you look at like football is probably even worse and it's more yeah. normal you look at that crazy uh, i don't know if you've seen that aaron hernandez documentary on netflix like that guy was a complete nut job and well so he's this crazy football player who like lost it he ended up murdering some people and um, they said that his CTE was so bad. It was like worse than someone in like their eighties. And the guy was like 25, I think, or something. And, uh, oh, wow. fucked up. Now, I think he also had some other issues and stuff. I don't think everybody that gets hit in the head, like abuses women or kills people or anything, but like yeah. 
still not great, you know? And uh, so, yeah, that's something that I'm definitely a lot more honest about now. And I also think that when you're in the thick of it, I mean, when I was 20 years old fighting all the time, it's like, you have to kind of bullshit yourself, right? Like you have to kind of be like, you know, brainwash yourself into being like, you know, I'm not scared. I'm not this, but you know that I'm older and I don't really give a shit and I, I have a good job and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, that stuff is it's fucking yeah. gnarly. Uh, it's all good, but like be real with yourself, young man, you know? Yeah. 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 You realize it's like not about proving yourself as much. It's about living a good life. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I don't give a fuck, man. You know, like, honestly, I want to like get my work done, do fun stuff, be happy, like fucking, take a vacation you know like yeah. life, life is about enjoyment so that's that's definitely where i'm at now you know yeah it's really interesting to hear that uh you know you spend so much of your life doing mma and fighting and such and you're such a compassionate person like going to pig saves and being vegan in general and then having so much interest in helping others like being a high school teacher i think that's pretty rare yeah, I mean, you know, there there's some MMA fighters out there definitely with huge hearts that I know that uh, honestly do a lot more, you know, impressive shit than I do. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, I, I also think to some extent, like I said, I've, I've done a lot of introspection and I think I always was a compassionate person. But I think that you do go through things in life and you get inspired by people and it allows you to open up more. And I definitely feel at, at this stage in my life, this is the most open I've ever been. And it's definitely mm -hmm. something that I want to, you know, I'm excited to continue with because I think, you know, there's a lot more potential in all of our lives when we just allow ourselves to, to be open to it, you know? Yeah. Um, one other thing that I didn't get to ask you about earlier, but I thought was pretty interesting is, you said you played um, in a lot of punk bands and stuff growing up, right? Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that? Um, so I, I noticed that um, a lot of my friends who, like I have two older sisters, um, they were both, they were really into punk growing up. And um, I noticed that it was a trend with like people, I, I don't know, let's say like uh, teenagers in the, in the 90s and stuff. And later, they're really in the punk scene. Um, a lot of times would go vegan. And uh, I, I think it's still kind of a thing now, but I noticed like, um, you know, especially with people who are really in the punk scene, like early 2000s. I think we're, we're about the same age. I'm 29. So, um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, there's like a relationship there. I don't know. I was just curious if there was any sort of tie there at all for you. Yeah. I mean, um, I know like Bad Brains, you know, were pretty famous for being vegetarian and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, certainly now like Doyle, uh, you know, for yep. the mystery. Probably one of the probably the biggest ambassador in punk as far as uh, the vegan thing goes. Um, yeah. But uh, to be honest with you, growing up, it wasn't that much of an influence because the uh, punk that I was kind of immersed in was, was it was more like uh, like sleaze rock and roll, like kind of. I'm not gonna lie to you, it was more like the 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 dark side of punk for sure. Like the um, uh, yeah, so it was kind of gnarly, but. But I think I also was like really, you know, into the clash. I was really into like um, some more politically minded bands and, you know, I was into red reggae music and stuff. And I think that that side of things always did make me want to be more intellectual. And then I think that later in life when I kind of connected everything and saw the, you know, the suffering of animals and things like yeah. that, it was like, fuck, you know, I, I can't contribute to this. So, yeah. yeah. 
So there was no relation. Were you talking about like uh, like the G.G. Yeah. Allen kind of punk? Wait, what's that? Are you talking about like the G.G. Allen kind of punk? It's so funny you say that. G.G. Allen used to hang out in my hometown all the time. I mean, this is before my time. But um, so I grew up an hour north of here in a city called Kenosha, which you might know from the news now because that's where that fucking nut job kid like shot people this summer. Um, those protests. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is a huge sack of shit. But wow, it's terrible. Uh, it was, uh, well, it was an interesting place, and I was kind of happy to kind of get out of there in my teens. But um, yeah. there was a very vibrant punk scene. There's still a lot of people I love there. And uh, yeah, back in the day, Gigi Allen used to hang out there with this guy, Beautiful Bert, who's like this huge, huge fat guy. And I used to watch his band play, but they were like super into that, like scum rock. Like yeah. Bert would like stick microphones up his ass and do all this yeah. crazy. <laughs> Top shit. So that was a lot of what I saw, but I was exposed to, you know, like there was another local band, uh, actually my tattoo artist, Jason, his band, a single second was really inspiring to me. I was like a little kid. I was like 11 and I would go see his band and he was like, you know, 18, 19 and was yeah. like writing really rad, like political lyrics. So I was always aware of the smarter side of punk, but uh, for sure, a lot of the people I was around were like huge fucking degenerates. Cause yeah. Me, yeah. About this, it's like we would be hanging out, like partying with people like well into their 30s and 40s. We were like 14, buying us like huge like handles of like vodka, and it's like it's like so fucked up. I think about that now. I'm I'm a school teacher. Like, if any kid ever asked me to fucking get them all call me, I no fucking way, no fucking way. Isn't that uh, crazy to think about? Like, you know, 40 year olds (laughs) buying like 14 year olds alcohol or drugs or cigarettes or whatever it's nuts i I, I always tell the story so when i was uh like a freshman in high school my advisory teacher was like all right how many of you smoke so we're all like we all like raise your hands i used to smoke cigarettes when i was a kid so i don't anymore and i'm really glad for that but um you know he's like all right well you know if we go for walks you can be inconspicuous and it basically was just saying we can smoke whenever and so we would and it's like how i mean this was 15 years ago now how fucked up you know like it's not all the world we're in now now it's like you know we're wearing masks everywhere and uh yeah you definitely can't fucking smoke within 20 feet of establishment i mean it's and it's good and, and one thing that i'm seeing is even though a lot of my uh, students deal with fucked up issues i noticed a lot more of them are like kids right and like i have a little sister who's 11 and you know she's still or she just turned 12 actually i just got her a cool camera for her birthday so she just had a birthday <laughs> But even like in the last year, that kid would like have me read her bedtime stories and stuff. And it, it makes my heart like really warm because fuck, by the time I was her age, man, it was a totally different scene. I mean, I was getting into some crazy shit at 12 years old. By 13, forget about it, you know. But yeah. as much as uh, I don't regret any of it. I mean, it made me who I am. But in hindsight, you know, I kind of wish I could have been a kid a little bit more. And yeah. I think a lot of people from that shit kind of feel that way um but yeah that's interesting man rock rock and roll scene was uh was uh crazy stuff you know <laughs> the first show i ever went to was uh, a band called the addicts when i was 13 you ever hear that addicts hell yeah <laughs> yeah i went to that show that was the first show i ever went to when i was 13 i was like a little 13 year old kid with like spiky hair wearing like a rancid shirt or something and i was like i thought it was so cool i thought it was the coolest thing in the world but uh yeah i mean that's that's funny to hear about man <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I've seen the addicts a couple of times. They're, they're really good. And uh, that was a memorable show. That band I talked about earlier, Street Brats played with them way back in the day. And uh, I still remember that. So that's very cool. Yeah. That's, that's so cool to hear that dude. So what, what did you, what did you play out of curiosity? Yeah. So I play guitar and I sing. Um, okay. So I'm a songwriter back in the day, I played bass um, in a band and was kind of writing the songs uh, kind of like Didi Ramon style. As yeah. 
for the Ramones. But yeah, yeah, I'm a singer songwriter and I like to play all different stuff. I mean, um, I always played punk, but in the last few years, I've kind of, a lot of people know me for, I guess, like I, I really love Chris Isaac. So he's a huge influence on me. So I kind of play stuff sort of in that vein. I really yeah. like like surf music and uh, blues music. So my dad is a musician too. Him and his wife have a group and uh, uh, she's a touring musician. And um, I collaborated with their drummer, Merle, who's like, he's in his seventies and he played with everybody, Buddy Guy, uh, Albert King, um, Junior Wells, all these super famous uh, blues musicians. And so oh, wow. that's been a huge uh, inspiration to me too. Um, you know, just seeing that lineage of the blues. And I see a lot of parallels between, you know, that and uh, punk rock as well. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so one other thing I'm, I'm curious about, I want to talk a little bit more about um, kind of like your diet in general now and how it changed to how it, it was before and kind of, I guess if you notice any sort of differences along the way, or if you had to, you know, any uh, anything you had to kind of figure on the way from switching to veganism, you know, when you first did ten years ago, or things like that, you know. Yeah, no, for sure, Ryan. Yeah, so before I went vegan, I ate a lot of bullshit, and I was like, <laughs> I would count my calories on the subway cup, and like it kind of worked. I mean, if you look at me, like photos of me fighting when I was nineteen, I mean, I was I was ripped up, but like can't imagine that would have been good for me long term, you know. So I went vegan, and I think I made the mistake that a lot of people do, and that I just didn't get in enough calories. So I was like training super hard, I got like super cut, but I was like I was like shrunken, like I got like way too skinny. So I was doing like a lot of like lentils and his basic stuff. Um, uh -huh. but over, the, over the years, I've tweaked some things. And so my diet now, I, I feel amazing with. I do a lot of smoothies. So like today, I've had a couple smoothies. Um, I do like blueberries and bananas. And then uh, I got turned on to this really good protein called Naked. And uh, I do Naked mm -hmm. Pea Protein. So there's no uh, stevia or additives or any of that bullshit. And I just blend that up and it's like so easy on my stomach because um, I've kind of had some digestive issues over the years and I feel like I've really kind of solved that with this diet. So uh, I do a lot of like high calorie shakes just because it's easy to get down, there's a lot of antioxidants. And then uh, I'm really big on uh, tempeh and tofu. So I'll do a good amount of that. And I know you kind of asked me when we were chatting before, like if I track macros and stuff and um, I don't religiously, but I kind of keep a little ballpark. So like, I know roughly, you know, what I'm eating in a day. And uh, if I'm going to do like a photo shoot or cut down for a competition, then yeah, I definitely wrap my protein up a bit. Mm -hmm. Kind of carbs. I was checking out one of your videos. You've kind of inspired me. Maybe I'll like actually weigh my food and shit. I've never done that. But uh, but I think I've had pretty good results considering that I don't. Like I've gotten in pretty damn good shape. But uh, um, yeah, I definitely think it, it pays. If you are listening, do it Ryan's way because that, that's definitely the more uh, tangible, logical way to do things. And I'm, I'm kind of wild, but- uh, A little more OCD though. Yeah, hey, yeah, I mean, aren't we all though? I'm kind of- <laughs> To some extent. Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, sometimes I, um, my parents see like the way that I eat and, uh, like when I visit them and such, and, uh, you know, they see me weighing food and stuff. Cause I bring a scale with me cause I'm absolutely OCD about this stuff, man. It's like, but it's weird because it, you know how, you know how it is to like kind of be, um, to really care so much about your physical performance and like trying to advance yourself, like don't go to a pretty big extreme. So they see me carrying the scale around when I travel and stuff and they're like, yo, you're nuts. And, uh, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, I don't really think about it anymore. I've been doing it for so long. Um, it's just like natural to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great, man. I mean, you should always be yourself and whatever 
I mean, whatever you got to do, man. I mean, shit, when, you, when you're competing, you got to make weight. Like, I've had to go jog around, like, outside of a little weigh-in place or run in place. Spit in a cup or something? What's that? Just spit in a cup, like, get everything out? Oh, all, all that bullshit. So, I mean, wow. there's nothing that, you know, I really would ever frown on people for doing. I mean, however, uh, whatever makes you feel good, you know. And I try to eat decent when I travel. Like, usually what I do is, like, um, I just eat less because I know, like, and I, I like to eat some bullshit, too. I don't want to give, like, the illusion right. that I only a health freak. Like I love fries and I'll, I'll right. have a drink now and then or whatever. I'm definitely a free spirit, but, uh, I do, I limit alcohol a lot, uh, just cause I don't know. Personally, I get kind of bored of drinking. Like I kind of did a few years ago. Like it's just not really, I don't like to party all the time. Yeah. And one thing that I realize is like, if you don't ever drink for a while and you have one, it's like, fuck, it's pretty, like, it's pretty relaxed. It feels good. It's better. Um, right. Yeah. And same thing with like sugar. Like I, um, I love like vegan cake and ice cream and all that bullshit. But like, if you don't have it for a bit, it's like so rewarding. Like if you get ready for a photo shoot and then you have like a Sunday after you're like, Holy fuck, this is the greatest thing I've had in my life. You know, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. But I also think though, like you can be a junk food vegan and still be Jack. Like if you, uh, kind of count your macros or even if you don't, if you just have like a reasonable, like protein you know, calories, yeah with your food like i like to have little treats man i think like life is for living so i do do the tempeh thing but i'll throw a little like diet cheese in there um whatever and uh for sure i'll eat some big ass burritos sometimes fries uh whatever i mean i like i like to to live my life and so a little bit of uh, vices is good now and then for sure yeah I'm, i'm absolutely with you on that dude um I feel like we probably eat pretty similar i just i just track stuff but um yeah i'm all about fitting in uh some ice cream or some donuts or something here and there just you know enjoying food for what it is sometimes oh yeah i got the donut tea right here too so shout out to oh. uh, maritas it's my friend's uh, company in la awesome dude dustin he um he does a, a lot of like rock and roll design so this is a van halen inspired t-shirt but he's got a donut on there and then he's got like all these uh spots for all like the famous vegan uh, donut shops in la or whatever so awesome. funny you mentioned donuts yeah um, he's got a, he's got a cool company, so definitely check that out. The only place I've been to in um, LA for donuts, I think, was Donut Friend. I think it was called. Oh yeah, yeah, that place is awesome. Yeah, so was that like a list of donut stores in LA? Basically? Yeah, yeah. So if you uh, check out their Instagram, I'll drop it whenever we yeah. drop the video. He's got the all of them on, the, on that shirt, and uh, he makes a lot of really really cool stuff. So it's, I always like to support small businesses and you know shout them out whenever possible. So yeah. <laughs> that's an awesome shirt yeah i gotta hit some more vegan uh, donut stores in general dude yeah oh yeah never never enough vegan donuts in the world that's that's for damn sure so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly vegan donuts and ice cream i'm all about uh i'm all about getting those in oh yeah um so let's see so we talked a lot about um your mma experience and everything and kind of uh what you eat and um you know, how you got into veganism and everything and uh, kind of like your, your forms of activism. Um, you see, is there anything else uh, you think you we should touch on? Um, no, I mean, uh, you know, just um, I, I really appreciate you having me on. And, you know, like I said, your stuff is always, you know, really inspiring to me too, Ryan. And I just think it's it's awesome to see you, you know, representing veganism and, obviously making a big impact with people. Um, and, uh, you know, just in general, I just love the direction that this whole community is going and, um, you know, glad to be part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool seeing someone like you who has been vegan for, 
you know, a, a while, like double the time I've been vegan. Um, and I, I feel like five years is a decent amount of time. I mean, relatively, um, feels like it's been forever, really. Like, I feel like I, all I know is being vegan anymore and that's all I'll ever do. But, um, you know, hearing someone like you who went vegan five years before me, when I feel like there was probably even, even less options and even less, um, knowledge about it and everything, less people doing it. I think that's really cool, dude. Yeah, no, thanks Ryan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where I just sort of, I guess that switch just went off for me, you know, and I, I realized that like once I kind of just saw things for how they really were, it's like, you can't, you kind of can't unsee that, you know? And I think that that can happen in a lot of things in life. But for me, you know, veganism was like that for me in 2011. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad I stuck to it. And it's, it's allowed me to meet just like so many amazing people and, and uh, in my traveling and, um, you know, just in a lot of aspects of my life, it's, it's like definitely changed my, my whole thing. So it's, yeah, it's, I, I love being vegan and I love, uh, you know, supporting this community and meeting yeah. people. And yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah. One thing I noticed is that the vegan community in general is just, it's a really great community. Everyone's really nice and empathetic for the most part. I mean, no matter what, there's always, there's always someone or online or something who will say some shit, but yeah. <laughs> Overall, it's a really great supportive community, probably better than uh, most others, honestly, online especially. Because we all know there's those people on Reddit or Instagram or YouTube or whatever who are just going to talk shit no matter if they're vegan or not just because they're, you know, just who they are. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely being vegan doesn't give you, like, a am a good person card. And I've, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> run across this uh, before. But, I mean look, there's always going to be a couple of turds out there. And at the end of the day, you know, fuck them. Like there's, there's so many amazing people on this planet and uh, oh, yeah. it's overwhelmingly positive as far as uh, the vegan thing goes in my mind. And I've, um, I don't know, it's just cool. And I think that it, I think the reason why generally speaking, most vegan people are so awesome is I do think it's that commonality of compassion and that like, if you really are a caring person you put effort into things it's going to not just translate to your diet but like your life and your relationships and your friends and your family it's like you, you know you're somebody who cares and i think that that's probably why so many of us are able to get along so easily because it is a, it's a common mentality you know yeah yeah i totally agree it's that it's that uh mentality of just i mean it's it's a pretty selfless de decision for most people um i mean unless they're getting into it mainly for a health purpose but even then I find those people still are, they're pretty agreeable for the most part. Like they're also stoked to be vegan for the moral and, and uh, you know, the moral side and uh, the environment and everything. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it's still a commonality between all of us that we, we want to do something better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I just think that it's, uh, I don't know, there's always more you can do in life. And there's always more you can learn. And I think that also like living this lifestyle, it just always inspires me, you know, and, and just like, really like organically, you just like, you know, like I end up meeting you and I, I've met so many other cool people. And it's like, I don't really go out of my way to do any of these things. It just kind of happens. And I think when you're really living your passions, it's, uh, that's, that's what's going to happen for you. And for me, like as, as much as like, I really value my career and I really do. And I love my business, but like, I'm, I'm an artist, like, you know, my whole life that's, you know, creating things and, 
um, experiencing those things and sharing those things with people has been really, really valuable to me. And I know that like, that's always going to be something that, that does, this is part of what defines me. And so I think that like, um, you know, just again, being part of that community and getting to share things, um, and being able to be an athlete who can, you know, represent veganism. It's something that I am really, really passionate about. And I feel really thankful to get to do, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. And, um, did we, uh, did we talk about your business specifically at all? Oh, well, I mean, I touched on it a bit at the top. So yeah, I've had this business yeah. now for three years and, uh, I, I really do love it. So it's called hello flashy. You can find us online at helloflashy.com, Instagram at hello flashy. Uh, have a pretty dinky following. So if you want to give it a follow, it's cool. So yeah. So what it is, Ryan, is it's like a little apparatus you set up in a room and it's kind of looks like a big, uh, iPod, I guess you could say it's really clean looking. It's all white. And, uh, I set up like a backdrop of the client's toys, or maybe they have a setting they already like. And, uh, yeah, we do photos, animated gifts. We can do like the larger four by six prints or the, the, uh, photo strips. And, um, it's really popular with corporate. So, I mean, a lot of like large businesses will work with me. I've worked with like Red Bull and Loft and uh, a bunch of larger companies. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, you know? And so they're really fun. I mean, you see them a lot of like corporate activations. Um, um, I got into it kind of randomly and uh, ended up, I had a business partner at one point and ended up buying, the, buying out their share and I expanded. So I rebranded you know, bought, I built another photo booth with a friend of mine and I hustled pretty hard with it. Like last December I did like over 20 events and it was very, very lucrative. And I did, uh, I, think I did like almost 90 events for the year or no, it wasn't more. I can't even remember. There's a shitload of events. It's pretty cool. You know, and I've gotten to witness, you know, so many weddings and cool moments. And I've had people come with me and kind of help me out friends of mine and stuff or, um, and it's, it's cool to kind of get to share that with those people too, you know, so yeah. it's definitely been like a touching business in that sense. And, um, yeah, I'm grateful. It's, uh, it's kind of taken a hit cause of COVID of course, but, uh, I've still been able to, you know, get in a few events recently and, uh, yeah, it's cool. Something I'm really, really appreciative to have and, you know, at least be able to keep alive right now in this, uh, crazy, crazy time. So, <laughs> you know, for anyone listening, like, you have something you believe in definitely get after it um but definitely learn to give yourself breaks too because it'll it'll make you happier so <laughs> dude that's awesome that's so cool to hear a nice success story like that yeah, yeah. um okay so that's helloflashy.com you said if anyone wants to look there yeah cool all right man i don't want to take any more of your time it's been like about an hour so um where can people find you on social media like your personal stuff and anything else yeah, so I'm uh, on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, at Dylan.Ramon. Um, I just keep my last name off of my social just because I'm a teacher and I prefer to not have my students on there. So Dylan.Ramon and then um, at HelloFlashy. And really, that's about it. Uh, pretty much just use Instagram. So if you ever want to come find me, uh, please say hello. Um, and yeah, just keep, uh, if you are a vegan, keep, keep at it. If you're thinking about going vegan, you know, please do. And uh, go ahead and give Ryan a follow as well at Tofu Strong. Um, <laughs> thanks. He's the man. So thanks so much for having me, Ryan. I, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, of course, Dylan. It was really great talking to you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ethics Coach Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, it would mean a ton if you gave the podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Player FM, Pinecast, or any other service you're listening to. 
and subscribe to Apex Fitness YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page. Feel free to check out the articles, training and nutrition programs, and merch on apexfitness.com. And if you like what I'm making, dropping a like, commenting, and sharing would really, really help me out. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.